Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. What does the next generation of financial planning look like? Well, the good news is we have great leaders, great folks that are leading us that way. I'm Matt Ackerman. Welcome back to Perfectly Integrated. I'm here on location at the FPA National Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. And today I'm joined by Craig Lemoyne from the University of Illinois. He is the director of the financial planning program there. Craig, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you're doing for this Next Generation Advisors. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's great to be here today. It's so interesting, first of all, doing this on location in Phoenix. It's like 105 degrees outside. Outside, inside, it is, it's a delightful chill. <laughs> it is delightfully chilly like, here in the like you're, you're wearing a part sweater today and it is 105 <laughs> degrees outside. I, I like to be invested at all times oh, wearing a vest. I see what you did there? I did. Invested. Yes. Yeah, all yeah. equity. Yes. I, like, I like a good stock joke in the morning. <laughs> a morning uh, joke that's also a dad joke. It makes you feel... Like All you're equities, ready for equity jokes. I love it. <laughs> All the Bring time. Them. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about this next generation that you are already fostering, teaching. What gets you excited as you get to talk and work with these, these folks every day? Sure. I mean, my, my personal passion is leaving this great profession more diverse, more ethical, and more capable than I found it in 1998, right? Like that's my goal of this career that I have. And it's really neat at Illinois to be able to work towards that goal and purpose and philosophy. Um, But we are one of about 100 financial planning programs nationwide where students graduate from college more prepared for a career in wealth management or financial planning, which bucks the traditional model of the 80s and 90s and even 2000s, where it's mostly career changers and people transferring in. So these programs have grown, and um, it's really awesome to see students. We have a big career fair every year, and it's pretty cool to see your graduates on the other side of the table interviewing and talking with those younger ones. And we talk about the next generation of planners. Um, I'll be the first to tell you we're we're in really good hands. Take me back 25 years, you enter kind of this education space, you enter this space of financial planning. What was it like then? Oh, man, I'll tell you what it's like. So I was at Texas Tech 1998, and I had gotten an undergraduate degree in family financial planning. And so I was looking for work, right? And so I did it in the way you would do that in the 1990s. And I sent something like 100 letters to different firms. No joke, like a hundred letters with my resume, a friend of my resume in the program. And we sat and we stuffed envelopes and we wrote these notes, right? And we'd like totally cold called like jobs back in the nineties. And one of them, uh, a financial advisor at Prudential had in, in Odessa, great guy. I don't remember his name. So fun though. And he's like, all right, young man, come, come and talk to me. And he's like, great. So I go in this guy's office in Odessa, Texas, and there is a painting of a longhorn on the wall. He's got <laughs> he's got the cowboy boots. He is the real McCoy. I am sure to this day this man owns land. Like he, that was him. And he sits down and he hands me a yellow pad and a pen and he says, Well, young man, who's your daddy know? That was the interview. That was the interview. The interview was who's your daddy know? 
And at the time, that wasn't the only interview like that, right? Like in the 90s, we were still in this production mindset that, yes, financial planning was important and you needed to kind of mint your own ticket, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was my really first experience in that world. And now, 25 years now, today, we live in a world where you have advisor tracks that look a lot like a law firm or an accounting firm. And you start as an assistant, you make your way to an associate, you may or may not make it to partner, you're paid a salary, you get employee benefits. It is an entirely different landscape than it was in the 1990s. And thank goodness for the world, things like FPA, things like NAPFA, things like the advising community that's helped create where we are 25 years later. Like, I'm here today with three undergrads, outstanding undergrads. And I have no doubt they will all land incredible jobs, jobs that probably did not exist 30 years ago. I, I find it amazing because that whole mindset of cold call, who's your daddy now, it's, it's changed because of programs like yours where you get to kind of test where you belong sure. in this industry sure. too. Everybody's track is not to Rainmaker. Everybody's track is in different areas. Like you yes, said, there are. are different roles yes. that happen here. So that gets me really excited also because – the expertise that the next generation brings, mm -hmm. they have different skill sets. They have different tools oh, in their toolbox. Absolutely. I'll, I'll let me share one of those tools for a minute. Please. One of the things that, that we've been doing at U of I, I know we're not the only school that does this, we have a one credit hour survey class in artificial intelligence and in wealth management, right? Open to anyone on that campus. I've got 70 students signed up. It's, an, it's a fun lift. It's an easy lift. But... We're going to have 70 students roll out of there understanding, you know, everything from prompts to what AI is to what machine learning is to tools they can use in a financial planning practice. Everything from let's make note taking completely simplified to there's some pretty cool tools that would look at my face and your face right now if we were over Zoom and point out where in that conversation there were behavioral moments that we need to focus in on and what happened during those behavioral moments. We just met last night, Morningstar Mo, the avatar Morningstar Mo came to class. Uh, we've talked with some software firms. But, you know, so these students are going to graduate and they're going to know all that, right? And you go into practice and you go into, let's say, a 50-year-old advisor's office and that advisor, they're in a different space. It is a whole new set of skills. And I'm so excited to see them bring those skills into the market. It, it's so cool to watch. I've always believed in that, whether I was on the media side with investment news or or now in this career that when we talk to the next generation ask them i used to ask the simple question of tell me what i don't know tell me yep. something that like i've yeah. never heard about yeah. before like we think we understand social media sure but they've grown up right in social media oh, we yeah. think we understand yeah you're still hashtagging things Pish. Uh, <laughs> oh your guys are still using facebook grown like yeah. like they're it's so interesting to me to see they're native Absolutely. to this land. They're and we native. Are not. And, and that's good and bad, mm -hmm. right? It's a different set of stress pressures that I never had in college. I mm -hmm. never once ever, ever worried about going to a party and having too much beer and doing something dumb and it haunting me 10 years later, right? right? But like, that wasn't a thing. Right. Now it is. So there's, there's, at the same time, they're more fluent. They've grown up in a very photographed, very manicured world that you and I didn't have to worry about. Mm -hmm. So there's pressure and stress that comes with all that, too. Oh, yeah. My wife um, 
worked in career counseling at a college for a while. Now she's at a high school and she literally will run a class where she explains, hey, you're going to job interviews. Go scrub your social media. Sure. Take all sure. those pictures of you holding yeah. up a yeah. can of beer. As and best toasting. you can. Yes. But it's hard and it's a different pressure. It's just a different world. Mm-hmm. Then. But, but I will say they're fluent in it. And they're ready to go with tools, and and I think they have a lot to add. I would also say one thing that this next generation of advisors is kind of bringing to market, they're expecting roles with growth. They're expecting roles with benefits. They have expectations set that this is a profession and I'm going into it, right? There isn't a doubt in their mind that this isn't a profession. And I think that that's important for us to talk about. Right, because we say financial planning is a profession. We say wealth management is a profession. But it wasn't too long ago where it was really about meeting GDC targets and Mm -hmm. sales goals. But today, those words don't even cross their mind in job interviews. They don't even think about it, right? So they, we are at a point where they're out there and their expectations are very clear and they're very like, this is what I expect in this market. And it's kind of forced change to some extent to happen. Now you say profession. Let's separate that word from occupation, job, sure. like profession versus career. Yeah. Ethics. Yeah. Ethics, Ethics is the word. It's, it's how we treat clients. It's how we treat customers. It's how we treat employees, right? We, to be a profession, are absolutely have to be ethical and treat people well. And now that we have very developed fiduciary and more defined suitability standards, you know, we've been through multiple market crashes and Bernie Madoff and all sorts of things. And, and, and even before that Enron, and we've been through a world where financial services behavior has, I think, cleaned up to a point where profession is the best fit. It's so interesting because it's a mindset shift because there's still people when they think about financial planning and this, you know, this the vision they get in their head sure. is Gordon Gecko. Yeah. It's uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. It is sure. Bernie Madoff. But... Ethics is so implanted in the yes. good people in this industry, but all it takes is one rotten egg, right? It does. But I think from a student perspective, there's no question in their minds that they're entering a profession that's almost the same as accounting or tax or whatever it is. And the student is entering this. They're excited to make a career here. And it's so interesting because we were talking about all the skills they bring because they're native to mm-hmm. everything we do. But it's interesting because I still think things like mentorship, internship, and apprenticeship is so important oh my in this goodness, space. Yes. And how do you get them to embrace all of that when those are things that are still foreign to them? Because in their mindset, if it can't be texted on a phone, sometimes it's not necessarily in their comfort zone. Well, not at all. And I think internships are critical. And when you look at the top students coming out of our program, while we don't force them to have internships. The top students coming out of our program certainly have had one or more experiences in the market. That might be internships, part-time jobs while they're working, any kind of uh, residencies are real big right now in financial planning. A lot of firms offering a two-year fixed-track residency out of college, whatever aspect they're getting into. A lot of that does require moving past the phone screen, right? And that that's a communication we have to learn and we have to get better at. And we're here today at this this conference because one of the really cool aspects of financial planning association is they put on a a challenge every year where they have teams compete right and one of the elements of that challenge is they have to present a written case study to clients in this case it's judges but clients that piece of it right like that's the thing that we need students to do better at constantly learn from and really interpersonal skills don't stop evolving 
my interpersonal skills now in my 40s are much better than my 30s or my 20s or my teens for sure. So the more we talk, the more we evolve and students have to learn all that. And let's go to that that competition for a second. Oh, yes. I, I, I think it is Good so stuff. fascinating. Uh, talk to me about what that competition's like, but also you know, the students you bring here must be kind of your cream of the of crop. Of course they then, are. Right? Certainly. Yeah. This is, we are very fortunate at the University of Illinois. This is our fifth trip to the finals in the last seven years, which is pretty cool. And and that persistency is really neat. Um, The competition itself is three stages. And the first stage, they have to write a financial plan and do analysis uh, without using a financial software package. So they're using Excel for that or Google Sheets, you know, whatever analytics tool. And then they make it look really pretty and then they write it up. And it's a comprehensive deep dive case. It's got multiple elements. It's a new case every year. It's deeper than what you'd see on the CFP exam. Uh, more similar to what you'd see in a capstone class, so pretty deep. So they submit that. I think we had around two dozen teams nationwide submit it. Uh, the top eight get a, a free trip here to the FPA event. Our coach, Donovan Sanchez, is a faculty member at U of I. He's been crushing it with our team. And once they're here, they present that case study. They have a 20-minute time period to have a client meeting over the big elements of the case. There's a lot of flexibility and freedom on how that looks, so wildly different presentations today. Some teams focusing on one part, some teams trying to be more comprehensive. Some teams are going to sit their chairs right across from the judges. Other teams are going to have it more like college, and it's it's pretty cool. Then the last part of it's a Jeopardy round. It's going to be in a couple days, and it's basically a, a kind of pseudo CFP exam. that They have them do timed, and then they'll do a Jeopardy round. They combine the scores from all that and pick a winner. The students you bring here, too, they get this immersion they into do. the industry they, do. they get to not only compete oh yeah put themselves on that stage but at the same time you're wandering oh, yeah. around seeing all of these partners all this potential sure. and it's like this great opportunity to like kick it the is, tires on crazy, a lot of stuff man. we've we've been very fortunate in our ability at the u of i to fundraise and take students to events and conferences um since covid we've been very active in that space i think it builds a understanding of the profession to understand sort of how to act at these types of events. We can introduce them to people at these types of events we would normally be introduced them to. So they can meet some big hitters. They can meet some creative thinkers. They can meet some very clever people, hear some great presentations, and meet other students from around the country at the same caliber they're at. It is incredible because it also creates a community, too. It does. does. You think about the other finalists that they're meeting here. Mm So. You wouldn't have that opportunity, you know, being in Chicago versus, you know, here's this group from Texas A&M or, you know. And and what I think is clever about that is our students, we we're blessed to be invited to the BNY Mellon Pershing Insight event. And it's in the summer. right? Right. So we get to go to that and we brought a good number of students to that. And a fair amount of them are also here on this competition team. We also got invited to the Schwab Impact Conference, and a fair number of that also show up on this team, right? So you've got students going to Insight, Impact, and FPA before they graduate. Like, what an incredible experience that must be. I hope it's good anyway. And the people they're meeting are often the same kind of students go to all these things. So by the time they get out, they know the first names of students at different schools and they keep up with them. And sometimes they get to be friends and they go out and they get a drink when they're old enough and they just have a good time. And like, that's one of the coolest things that there is, is they have a cohort before they even graduate of students from around the country that are on that top caliber like they are. To to me, it's interesting too, because 
community is so critical. Critical. For success in this space because there are advisors, especially RIAs, yeah, that end sure. up working alone from their office in the yeah. back bedroom it's of their true. house. It's true. It's true. Less so after COVID, but yes. definitely during. But when you have, when you're able to at least open it up and have a person to pick up the phone to and call and say, "Yeah, hey, I, I'm struggling with this right now," mm-hmm. you don't give up as quickly and end up back at the mothership somewhere else and go, "Well, it didn't work for me being independent." Well, as long as you're independent with a lifeline. This industry gets a lot easier. It does. And I and I think, you know, one of the things I feel blessed at is when I come to an event like this, it's really cool how many people you know, right? You don't remember you're going to run into them, but then you do. And you're like, oh, my gosh, how's it going? What's going on? And mm-hmm. let's hang out, get a coffee, get a snack. And, and it just really is empowering when you come to events like this and you kind of leave feeling, you know, really good about what you're doing and it reinforces my passion and, and what I'm doing at Illinois. There, there's incredible smart people in this space. And like uh, we were saying before we started recording, you know, I had the chance to interview you a couple times when I was at Investment News and I was always blown away by the way you're able to kind of keep an eye on like the horizon and see like the big picture. And I really enjoyed those conversations together. So when you think about kind of this big picture sure. and where the industry is heading next, what's got your eyes open? What are things that are already your, you've got your eye on? You know, I, I think it's going to be, there's two schools of thought. One is the big consolidation engine of the world, right? Okay. You've got your friends at Mariner, your friends at Carson, your friends at Savant, your friends, you know, all over. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few that are acquiring, acquiring, acquiring REAs that are in that, I would say, half billion to $3 billion space, right? And they're acquiring them because synergy, and they're acquiring them because scale. But I'm not entirely sure AI and technology don't provide synergy and scale solutions on their own soon enough. So I would be hesitant to write out the small IRA quite yet, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's premature. I think that the more tools that we have to automate the difficult tasks, the better off we'll see smaller and more nimble firms again. And so I think to some extent, there's a tech catch up that's happening right now. And then the fast and early adopters of that tech catch up, I think we're going to see those, you know, start to thrive. But I do think that's big on the horizon. I think the other thing that's big on the horizon is, you know, we, we've got a world where RIAs are kind of the fastest growing sector. And I don't think that's really even a question anymore. Is it of like where the industry goes, it kind of goes in the advising space. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's good. And, you know, I think it's, it's really, it's kind of what I see. I see from a tech standpoint, the adoption of tools, but I think, and I'm borrowing, um, I'm borrowing this from a speaker I heard at Insight. So if they're listening, I'm sorry. I forget who it was. (laughs) But they made a comment about swivel culture. And we really are, we're in the most swivel culture I've ever heard in my life. And what swivel culture is, is envision you're in an office chair and you've got like six monitors around you. And on one of those monitors is the custodian software that shows your trades and updates and account balances. On the other one, you've actually got a financial planning program up. On another one, you've got a niche financial planning program up, right? Because you really want to dig in retirement. So you've got your, your let's just say your e-money and then maybe you've got your income lab. And then on another one, you've got Morningstar because you're doing your securities analysis. And yet on another one, you've got your CRM. And I think we've, we've, we've got these great tools, but it's all pivot right now. And I don't think anyone's really come up with like, 
here's the very best of all these things in one accessible, perhaps AI chatbot run way to access and deal with it all. Maybe that's next, right? But there's a lot of swivel right now. And I don't know if we really have established the front runners quite yet. It's so interesting because I think we have to stay on the forefront of what's coming out, but also for the advisor, mm-hmm. make sure as you're taking in all this, you have the technology behind you giving you that back office sure. support. You keep that personalization with your client because it's what's going to separate you of course in the long run is yeah. those relationships. Relationships yeah, yeah. are everything mm-hmm. in this space. Of course they are. How do you teach that, though, to this next generation of students and make sure they stay focused on kind of – you know, the the relationship game of this, when it's so easy to get trapped in the oh, text yeah. message, yeah, hashtag they, they, mindset. They get off your phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think to some extent with students, internships help, career days help, mm-hmm. big events help. Um, you know, we, we do all stuff like that. I think most of the big programs have a professional practices class, right? Uh, we have one, certainly. And that professional practices class is one where an alumni comes and talks about what they do all the time and they force networking and they have a mocktail, you know, career fair stuff Mm -hmm. and handshakes. And as much as you can get them to interact with one another and make it a little awkward in every every class, you know, a little bit like that can go a long way. We do that. We just had a mocktail and we had them. Every five minutes, change groups they were talking to, right? But you could see how uncomfortable they were doing that. I mean, oh, that yeah. was very clear. Like, it was un- unfamiliar territory. It, it's so interesting because you even see it now, the that mindset of that cocktail party where mm-hmm. you had to, and I'm going to date myself here, but 25 years ago, let's go back to when you started sure. in 98. Oh, it was yeah. right around my opening salvo, too. Like, you had to make your own conversation, questions, way to engage with people. Now... When you're lost, you can just look at your phone and and and. But I think you have to kind of force them out of their comfort you do. zone you and do. get them to get. And also, you know, no one teaches you how to have a conversation these days. No one teaches you to like. Okay, I see what you're doing there. You know, make it about them, not about you. Like you have to give people kind of the tools in order you to do. succeed in these spaces. And that's where events like this, the students that raise their hands and get to come are going to get practice at networking at events, right? And shaking hands and Mm -hmm. kissing babies. But all that is an important (laughs) part of life well beyond financial planning. It's an important part of success. Huge part of success. Now, uh, the way I end this podcast every time is with a question from my 12-year-old son, CJ. Sure. These are always always more fun. CJ, I'm ready. Hit me. Um, so he was funny because I told, got to tell him about you, some of our engagement. I got to talk. And, and his question to you is, why should a kid my age, he's 12, seventh grade, consider majoring in financial planning? Uh, he is a very, just to give you some of his stats, he's, he is a, he loves uh, engaging with people. He loves theater. He's a, he loves, but he also knows, probably doesn't have the, the dancing or singing techniques of, uh, you know, a, a young, a young Ben Vereen to stand out in that space, but he does love people. So he might be a good student for this. What, why should a, a kid who's 12 consider majoring in financial All right, planning? CJ, this one's going out to you. Nice. There is no other major. There is no other discipline at a college or a high school that prepares you to deal with your own money through your life, like personal finance or financial planning. A student can come in my program and they can learn about money and the entire rest of their lives, they will know how to invest, they'll know how to manage things that go wrong, and they'll be prepared for what life has in store. 
And you can't say that about engineering and you can't say that about physics and you can't say that about business, but you can say that about financial planning. That no matter where life takes you, you're going to be equipped and financially literate to make great decisions. And that's why financial planning is the best major on campus. 100%. Craig, thank you so much for your time today. Great conversation. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, CJ. (laughs) And thank you to our audience here at Perfectly Integrated. Thanks for joining us for another incredible episode. This has been live from the FPA National Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Have a great day and a great day. I'm Matt Ackerman for Integrated Partners. Have a great one.